Church Ministries, I want to thank you for joining us here this morning. For those of you who are joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're in the auditorium this morning, would you please stand as we worship and praise God here together this morning. Here we go. Praise me a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We see your name in the dark and it changes everything. We sing with all we are and we claim your victory. Let it rise, let praise arise. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. For fear cannot survive when we praise you. The God of breakthroughs on our side. Forever lift him high with all creation pride. Lord, this 
there's nothing in this world that could ever satisfy through every trial my soul will sing no turning back I've been set free Christ is enough for me Christ is enough for me everything I need is in you everything I need Christ my all in all the joy of my salvation and this hope will never fail heaven is our home through every storm my soul will sing Jesus is here to God be the
Good morning, Crossroads. You guys can have a seat. Welcome. All of our guests, welcome in the house. Welcome all of our church family. Can we welcome our church family joining us online? Welcome all of our guests joining us online. Listen, all of our guests, if you are in the house this morning here, I would encourage you, please stop by the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you just to say thanks for being our guests, and we'd love to connect with you. And church, if there's anything that we can connect with you about, please use those blue connect cards in front of you and just... You can fill out as much information as you would like, uh, and we would connect. We will connect with you, whether it's a phone call or it's an email. If you'd like to set up a meeting, or if you're, you're just, you know, I just need prayer. Uh, many times we have people that will just write down a prayer request. They will leave no information on there, and we pray for you. And so just, just know that if you write something on there, you will get followed up with, and we will connect with you on that. So use those cards, and then as you leave, just put them in the offering box, or you can leave them at the Welcome Center, and then they will make sure that uh, we get those. But church, we want to connect with you. We want to reach out in any way possible. So as we head into this new year, now is the time. Ask questions. Reach out for prayer. Reach out and just say, hey, i got to praise. I want to share something that God's doing in my life, and I want more people to know. Use those Connect cards, and we would love to connect with you. I also want to let you guys know uh, that our 21 days of prayer is starting, and what we want to encourage you to do is a couple different things. One is that you can use that texting group. Uh, that information is also in your bulletin. You can text uh, the, the, the letters and numbers, CR, 21 days to the number 94,000, and that will get you signed up on a, on a text list every day of encouragement and scripture as we go through these 21 days of prayer. And then as you leave, as you leave in the lobby to the left against the wall with all the pictures on it, you can see there's a table and I encourage you to grab one of those forms and fill it out and then grab a book, 21 Courageous Prayers. As we head into this 21 days of prayer and, and really seeking the Lord uh, for 21 days straight and, and developing this habit of prayer, walking with him, talking with him daily, grab that book. And it will help. Uh, it will help you. It's a daily journal, and there's scripture, and there's information, there's questions to ask, and and answers to fill in, and it's just a great way to just just develop that habit of prayer and seeking the Lord. So 21 day, 21 courageous prayers, and that's in the lobby as you all leave. And then we have our refuel conference coming up on the 24th of uh, this month. And so a few short weeks away, we will be welcoming uh, people from, uh, we have people signed up from Ohio. We have people signed up from Northern West Virginia. We have people signed up from all over Pennsylvania. And we're going to be welcoming Jonathan Falwell, Dave Early, and a whole host of other people. Charles Billingsley, recognize him. So he's going to be up here with our band leading worship and doing a breakout session. Uh, it's going to be a great day. It's one day. It's 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. here in the auditorium and then all throughout the church. So we're going to be having main speaker sessions, and then there will be two breakout sessions, free Chick-fil-A for lunch. So maybe if that's all you heard, we enjoy, encourage you to come. It's free. Uh, so that you can register on our website. You can go to crossroadsministries.com, C-R-S-M-I-N.com, or all that information is in your bulletin to register. But listen, this conference is for anybody who's trying to reach their neighbor for Christ and help them grow. We all need to be encouraged. We all need to be refueled and to connect with other believers and connect with other people, other churches. We had 37 churches that represented last year. And we want to see more and more people come. This is a free event, so we encourage you, church. Invite your friends. Invite other people from other churches. If you know of another church 
that the pastor could be encouraged or a bunch of people at another church and say, hey, listen, come. We're going to all gather together here at our church and we're going to welcome all these speakers. You can send them the link to our website. Uh, you can give them my name. I'm the point person for this event, but we encourage you sign up, church. This is for our church. This is for anybody who would like to come. So we encourage you guys uh, just to get the word out and you can register and see more information on our website. And then our birthday gift to Jesus, we've been continuing to see how God is providing for the needs of these missionaries that you that we've been praying for, we've been talking about, we've been seeing videos about. I still can't get Daniel on Anita's uh, the, on his uh, video out of my head. Tookie, tookie, tookie. Anybody remember that? Anyway, but uh, I just want to encourage you, just keep praying and keep continuing to ask the Lord, how can I continue to make you the priority all year round? Uh, but as we've seen God provide for the birthday gift of Jesus, I want to share uh, Arlene Berg. Uh, I want to encourage you guys. Listen, Arlene Berg today is 50 years of ministry. Arlene, why don't you stand? We can recognize you. Thanks be to God. Jeff and Arlene, you know, were missionaries on the birthday gift of Jesus and friends of our church. And then now they call this place their home. And we know they are a gift to our community. So we thank God for you guys. And praise God for 50 years of ministry. That's tremendous. Service unto the Lord. And so these, these missionaries we've been praying for, we set our goal at 100,000. And God has continued to provide above and beyond anything that we can possibly imagine. I know that I've been talking to a few people and they're going, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like, why does God do something like this? Because it's all for his name. It's all for his glory. So church, let's look at where we are right now. 119,631. Praise be to God. That's amazing. So you can continue to give to the birthday gift of Jesus. You can use the envelopes, uh, the birthday gift of Jesus in front of you. You can use uh, our website online. You can go to CrossroadsMinistries.com and use the website. You can give to the birthday gift to Jesus. And I also want to encourage you, church, continue to be faithful uh, in the grace that God has called us as his, as his children, as his body, as we give unto the Lord. Uh, continue to be faithful in giving unto the Lord. You can use the boxes. You can give online. You can give through the mail. But, church, thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Above and beyond. You know, I, I encourage you just continue to ask God, you know, start with the training wheels and then continue to watch how God is just going to teach us more and more as we give, as we, as we worship him through giving. Um, it's, he's just going to continue to grow. So church, um, would you stand with me as we continue on this morning in prayer? Father God, we approach you and thank you that you're here with us. Uh, thank you that you uh, have given us your word that uh, that clearly paints that there's no way to have a relationship with you outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, we um, we know that there's, the world is, is painting the gospel in so many different ways, but we know there's only one true gospel, and that's in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. And so, Lord, thank you for the song we just sang, that Christ, you are enough. Nothing else will satisfy, nothing else will be enough for us. No matter how hard we try to force it into being enough, it will never be enough. Only Christ is enough. Church, thank, Lord, thank you for just your church. Thank you for the, the, just the faithfulness and giving from, from our wonderful people here, Lord, as we wrap up and understand what it means to follow you, to worship you through giving. Lord, thank you for uh, the music. Lord, thank you for uh, just the birthday gift of Jesus, for Arlene Berg, Lord, for her example of ministry of 50 years. God, thank you for just her and Jeff for their example to all of us, Lord. We commit this birthday gift of Jesus to you and all of, uh, Lord, the giving of your people and this refuel 
annual event. God, we commit these 21 days of prayer. It's all for you. It's all that we would know you in a deeper way and tell other people about you. That we would be like the woman at the well, that we would go, that we would come back and say, listen, you have got to hear about this person. You've got to hear about this Jesus. Lord, we love you so much. Continue to sharpen us as we follow you. We ask all in Christ's name. Amen.
fun this morning, aren't we? I haven't seen you guys pay attention to anything like that in years. Man, a day. You're going to see that video a lot. We're going to talk about habits, and we're going to jump into that in just a few moments. But uh, before we do, just a, just a couple things this morning. I, I want to pause and have prayer. One of our good guys in the church here, Dave Eskins. Many of you know Dave Eskins. Dave is a, a great man. Uh, we love him dearly. He, uh, he had a surgery on his liver on the 20th of December. And, uh, you know, whenever they do that, they take out the bad part and it's supposed to regrow. And, uh, and things aren't going well for him. And uh, he's right now, uh, they're, they're just uh, they're saying some heavy words like maybe even, you know, he might have to get another liver. So I want you to pray for him this morning. Dave Askins, he's a good guy. Many of you know him. Uh, he's been in our community for years. I've known him for many years. And, uh, I just I went down visit with him in the hospital the other day and was uh, so so saddened to hear what he's going through, but uh, he's in good spirits. But uh, I know that, uh, that this is pretty heavy on him. So if you would pray for him this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer and just seek the Lord on his behalf. Father God, we come before you, Lord. I thank you for so many people in our church, Lord. We have a lot of people that are bearing many burdens this morning, and so Lord, I lift them up to you, and I just ask that you'll move in a mighty way, God. In all of these areas, uh, Lord, this morning, especially for Dave Eskins, I just pray now, Lord, for him. Lord, he's been in the hospital since December the 20th. And, God, uh, the, uh, the doctors are just asking, uh, you know, we're asking you, Lord, to use the doctor's hands. But, God, we just ask that you would allow his liver even to work or that you would provide in however that you choose to provide, Lord. Uh, we just ask that you'll be with his family, encourage his family, encourage all those around him. And we thank you for Dave, Lord. We know that he's a, a really great guy, and we know that he's a part of our family, the family of God here. So, God, we just lift him up before you. And I lift up all the burdens of our church this morning, Lord. There are many burdens, and so I'm, I'm just bringing them before your feet, and I'm asking you to move in a mighty way. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Uh, this morning, before we jump into our habits, too, I asked uh, Bob Collin, where's Bob at? Come on up, Bob. And I left, uh, let's see here, I left the mic in the back. Can somebody help me? Luke's normally there and he disappeared on me. Cal, uh, if you can grab the mic, I put it in the stand back there of all places. I said I'll put the mic in the stand so I won't forget it. And it's in the stand, all right? So Bob, uh, Bob, as you know, you see Bob out there. Normally you see him in yellow. He's got that yellow so you don't run him down on the parking lot out there. Would you welcome Bob Collins to the stage this morning? 
That's all hot, ready That's to on. go. There you go. So, so Bob, Bob, you shared with me just a few days ago, uh, you know, you said, hey, this is an anniversary of something special for you in your life uh, this particular weekend. And I said, well, I want you to share that with the church. So would you go ahead and just share what you shared with me? Sure. It's six years ago yesterday that I first uh, walked through those doors and walked into this faith community. Um, I was born and raised a Catholic, my wife as well, and we raised our two sons, Tom and Jim, in the Catholic Church. But there was always something missing. Um, I never felt a real connection. You know, there was tradition, there was the religion, but there was no, no meat. I don't know, people in the audience, if you remember the... Um, Wendy's commercial with the old lady. She picks the, the top of the bun off and goes, where's the beef? I mean, that's kind of what it was like for me, you know. So the, uh, the last time that I was at the Catholic Church, I tried to, to find that meat, if you want to use that term. And I went to a... Um, weekend retreat for men and it was all about guilt and sin and that just wasn't what I was looking for and so I just stopped going to church and that was about seven years ago and then on New Year's Eve of 2017 my wife and I were at a New Year's Eve party at Rick and Lisa Muser's house and they were talking along with Joey and Rob Ewing about their experience here at the church. And at the time, I was working in Monongahela, and I live in Bethel Park, so I would pass this church every day. And I would look up to it and, you know, just drive by, go down to work. But after hearing them talk about their experiences here, I said, what the heck? I would give it a shot. And so on January 7th of 2017, I started, uh, again, I walked through those doors. And immediately, I felt like I was home. I felt like I was part of the family. I mean, everyone was so nice, so kind. And I just felt like I was home. And after that, you had given me a book regarding a case for Christ. Mm -hmm. And I read that book, and I'm an engineer, so I'm one of these people that need proof. And that book spoke volumes to me about Jesus Christ and what he did for me personally, dying on the cross for my sins. And any time I start feeling low, I go back to that book, and I go to the New Testament, and I read those and it just, it really just picks me up. But uh, the other thing I've been able to do is uh, the parking lot. Eddie Maxton pulled me out there, I think, six months after I first arrived here. And that's been a godsend because I've been able to meet a lot of you on a first-name basis. I also know a few of you that come in pretty hot in the mornings and some that take aim at us. So we know the ones to jump out of the way from. So 
And then, you know, Dolores, when I first walked into the door, she was the one who got me to start using the in-touch um, daily uh, devotionals and also the, um, the prayer guide, which I use every morning for, you know, my quiet time with God. Um, I can't go out without, I can't go a week without a hug from Marianne. And I know I'm not alone there because there's usually a line. And Don't come for a hug from me, Charlie. Yeah. And Roger Metcalf walked me through the call to joy about two years ago. And that really opened my eyes and really deepened my faith. And, you know, I owe a lot to him for that. And I've been able to pass that on in that I've been able to walk two other gentlemen through that same call to joy discipleship. Um, I started going to the Wednesday night men's Bible study about a year ago after I had lost my job. And I'm still unemployed. And normally I would be freaking out at this point in time. But the support and the love I've gotten from the men at that Bible study has meant the world to me and has kept me sane. Amen. And then I started going to the Sunday school that Roger and Deb Medcalf lead, and that has uh, really changed my life as well. And James 4, 8 says, draw closer to God and he will draw closer to you. And I have definitely experienced that in my life. Now, I'm still a sinner. I still hurt people who I love deeply. But I think I'm a better person now than I was when I first walked through those doors. Amen. And it's not anything I did. It's what you have done or God has done through you for me. And I, I'm just eternally grateful. Amen. Isn't that powerful, folks? God bless you. I appreciate you, man. There you go. I'll tell you what, I thank God for Bob. Bob's a great guy, and uh, I love that story. His friends invite him to church. He passed by this church for probably a long time. Many people see our sign on the road. Our sign is, uh, is magnanimous, but nobody sees it. It's amazing. People tell me, I didn't know there was a church up there. So all you lumberjacks, get your saws out. We need to cut the trees down, right? But I'll tell you what, this place is full not because of signs and advertisements, but because of people who care about their friends and bring them to Christ. Amen? And that's what we're all about here. And, Bob, I thank God your life is a, you have a new life. God has given you new life in Jesus Christ, and he has new habits. There's new habits in his life. If you, you heard all the things that he's done, that he does now, that are changing in his life, and so that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about this habits in our life. What are, what are some of the habits that are good habits? You know, when you think of habits, you typically think of the word bad habit. But there's a lot of good habits, and we're going to look at some of the good habits. This is a time of year when people are thinking about the word change. You say it's the beginning of the year. Man, I want to start off. I want, I want to do new things. I'm setting some new goals. Maybe some of you have set some goals for the year. Uh, resolutions, I've heard that resolutions, 92% of resolutions are over with by the 18th of January. So you're halfway to being done with them, right? 
Uh, that means you forgot them. They're out the door. But what I want to encourage you to do is to look at your life and set some goals for your life. We're going to talk more about that in the, in the days to come. And, but, uh, you know, goal setting, you can do that with God, and there's some biblical things to help you to set some goals. But we're going to look at some habits that will help us to get to where God is taking us. One of the things about change is change um, can be painful. You know, the first line in your notes there, if you're following along on the back of the bulletin there, is that change, uh, growth requires change. If you're going to grow, it requires change. <clears throat> when Bob walked in the doors, he was looking for something. He didn't even know what he was looking for, but he was looking for something. He was looking for God. And God met the need, and God changed his life. Uh, but as he did, there was a lot of questions along the way. There was a lot of things along the journey. And so when uh, I remember talking to Bob, and Bob, of course, as he told you, I'm an engineer. I need some answers. And I said, well, just take your time. We love you. And, uh, and I, we, we gave him this book, and it encouraged him and answered a lot of his questions. But that was a divine appointment by God. God put that together for Bob Cohen. And Bob's now a changed man because of somebody that cared for him. God come in and met him, and there was a growth process that took place. And as that growth process took place, there was a change that happened. Um, we tend to put off change. You know, change, we desire change. However, at the same time, we resist change. Have you noticed that? We desire change, but yet we resist change. Uh, for example, as I was thinking about the, the uh, you know, I like to remind you of that place down the road, big yellow building, Planet Fitness, you know. Uh, last Sunday I told you, I said I really didn't want to go in there, but I really want to come out of there, uh, you know. <laughs> the people who come out of there look a lot better than what I do whenever I go in there, right? I, I, I want to have the body. Oh, excuse me. I want, to, I want to have that six-pack abs one day, maybe an eight-pack one day. You know, I'll be really buff. But, but I'll tell you what, I have found that I resisted the change that would require to get that. I've re, like I say every year, I want this, I want this, I want this, but I resisted. Oh, it's hard. You've got to get up early. If you're going to go do that, you've got to get up earlier to do that. Then, then, you know, if you're going to do that before you go to work, you've got to get a shower down there. And that's really nasty, you know. <laughs> Then you've got to wear them flip-flops in the shower. I mean, it's just a whole event to do this. And I'm like, well, I'll just go to McDonald's and get a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's what happens. We desire change, but we resist change. And th I think for most of us, we're like that. There's things that we desire in our life. We say that we want this change, but oh, there's fear. When Bob first walked in the door, there was fear. There was a lot of, there was a lot of hurdles he had to overcome. But he, he went through the change, and God drew him unto himself. It wasn't about a denomination. It was about God's plan for this guy's life. God drew him unto himself, and, and there was a change that began to take place. Last week, we looked at the verse, Exodus 40, verse 1 and 2, and we said that this was kind of the theme for this. This was for in Exodus 40, verse 1 and 2. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. So on that particular year, God told, told Moses to gather the people, and they are to go out and set up this tabernacle. And he called it the tent of meeting. The, the tent of meeting, this is the, uh, the tabernacle was the place where God dwelt. It meant dwelling place. And so as you see the tent of meeting, this tabernacle, he says, you set it up. Now, God could have come down and just set this all up and said, go in there. But God said, I want you on the first day of the first month to make this a priority and set 
set this a priority in the center, in the middle, and I want you to do this. There was a responsibility and a change that would come to Israel on New Year's Day. This would be a lasting change. And, you know, the Bible is filled with uh, examples of people who, who have gone through a change. Like there was growth in their life, and they went through the process of growth, and there was change that brought them to, to, to Christ. And so as they went through this process, there was a change. There was a transformation. You look at Saul. Saul became Paul. He was, uh, he was anti the church. He was killing Christians. And one day God gives him, blinds him on the road to Damascus with a bright light. He is now blinded. He comes to Christ in the middle of this. And as he has this encounter with Jesus, his life has changed. He comes out on the other side and Saul now becomes Paul. God gives him a new name. God changes everything about him. He goes out and he sets the world on fire for Jesus Christ. He plants churches and he's one of the biggest, strongest proponents for Christianity. And in the meantime, he was one of the biggest enemies of Christianity. Now his life has changed. He went through a tremendous change. In Genesis chapter 12, go all the way back before Israel was started. The Lord God said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And then he gives him a promise. He says, I will bless you. Um, I, I, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So look what he says there. Go back to verse 1 there. He says, says, get out from your country. I mean, there was, Abram was, at this time, he was not a follower of God at all. And God says, Abram, I want you, I'm choosing you to do something, and we're going to birth a nation through you. And he says, now get out and leave your country. Uh, Leave your area. Leave your land. And so he does. He leaves his land. Leave your family. There, there was a lot there. To, there was a lot on, at stake here. For us to leave our family is a big deal in today's world. But in, in that world, it was even bigger. That was, that was everything. Family was everything. Uh, from your father's house, this was where, where the transition of wealth happened. There was so much legacy from the father. He says, I want you to leave all this and go to a land. And when you get there, I'll tell you. I will show you where you're going to end up stopping. And so when you think about this, God took and he birthed a great nation, the nation of Israel. He did it with this man named Abram, that you know as Abraham. He takes him out and he he says, you're going to get up and you're going to walk away from all the things that you knew. And there's going to be a tremendous, tremendous change in your life. And I, the promise is that I will bless you. And you know what? That's what we all want in our life, isn't it? We want God to bless us, but many times we don't want to change. We just want God to bless me where I'm at in the middle of a mess. And I will say this to you. We love you right where you are in the middle of a mess. Amen? God loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay in a mess. And he says, I will bless you, and I'm going to do. He said he would make his name great. You know, that's what God, I want all the men in the church to think about that. God wants to make your name great. We studied that in our Bible study a few months ago. God wants to make your name great. Uh, Listen, you want to have a great name? It comes from the blessing of God. 
not from what I can manufacture, but from the blessing of God. And so we see here, he says, I will make you a great nation. I will make your name great. I will bless you. And, I will, and, and anybody who comes against you, I will bless those who bless you. And those who curse you, I will curse them. But there was the fear of living in a different, lang- uh, living in a different place, different languages, different traditions. The fear of leaving home. Uh, the, the, so much fear, so much resistance to the change. But Abram got up and he followed the Lord and God produced his work. Galatians 3, 7 tells us this because he says, I will bless you and you'll be a blessing to all the world. Galatians 3, 7 says this. Understand. Now, this is the Apostle Paul. Several thousand years later, he says, understand that everyone who's trusted Christ, all those who believe are children of Abraham. And he says, listen, it was because it was through the lineage of Abraham that Jesus came. How would the whole world be blessed through Abraham? Jesus came through that very lineage of Abram. And then God blessed the whole world when Jesus died on the cross, paid for your sin, was buried and rose again. And now you have eternal life. Now you have the opportunity to have, have abundant life now because of what Jesus did. Thanks be to God for his, his un, an indescribable gift. Um, but as we go here this morning, as we're thinking about this, this new life that God's given us, like Bob shared with you, there's a number of things he does now. There's a, he, he reads the Bible. He prays. He, he goes to different classes, and he, he's learning and growing. And, and listen, seven years ago, if we would have laid that all on him seven years ago, say, hey, that's a little bit much for my first day, right? It's like he, he, God did this, though. God began to grow it and began to grow it. And what happened was there's some new habits that form in our life. When you think about habits, the, when I say habit, you automatically go to bad habit. Bad habit, because we all have bad habits, right? Some of you are chewing your nails right now. You have bad habits, right? There's all kind of bad habits. Uh, you swallow your gum. Remember? Remember your mom told you don't swallow your gum? It'll stay in your intestine for seven years. How many heard that? <laughs> Scared me to death. I barely chew gum today because of that. Thanks, Mom. She's not even in here, so I can talk about it, right? But, but listen, you, you, there, there's bad habits that we have, right? So there, there all these things. But there are good habits, and there are so many good habits. I want you to think about this because a good habit is something, a habit is something small that typically produces something big in your life. You know, if you go in and you ride the exercise bike for half a day, uh, for half a day, then you'll be dead. <laughs> See, that's what's wrong. I was discouraged long ago. If you go in and ride the exercise bike for half an hour, it's a small, very small thing. It produces a very big result. Eric McElvenny, is he in here this morning? All right, he's going to be here soon. Eric McElvenny runs marathons. He's missing a leg. But you know what he does every day? He trains. And he has habits. He has habits of the way he eats. He has habits of the, the way he takes care of himself, the way he runs, he swims, and, and all these things and all these techniques. They're habits. That, and and so, so I want you to catch this this morning because... Because a habit is something small that produces a significant result. I want you to watch this video here that will illustrate a little bit more about what a habit is. Go back to these dominoes. About playing with dominoes. But what you may not know is that a domino can knock over another domino, which is about one and a half times larger. So what I have here is a chain of dominoes. Each one is one and a half times larger than the previous one. And the smallest domino is about five millimeters high and one millimeter thick. And I will carefully place it. 
and there are 13 dominoes. And the largest domino, it weighs about 100 pounds and is more than a meter tall. Ready? Boom. <laughs> that was 13 dominoes. If I had 29 dominoes, the last domino would be as tall as the Empire State Building. Here we go. Nothing like an engineer every now and then, right? Uh, listen, that is what happens, man. That's little, little thing. You say it means it's just so small. But it can knock over something one and a half times its size. And you start there and just watch the, you just watch the momentum build in your life. And, and so we're going to look at some habits, some spiritual habits that are going to help you in your spiritual life. Uh, one of those, I'm just going to give you a definition for habits in your notes there. Habits uh, are formed by continued repetition. You know, when you do something over and over. Habits are actually actions that are ingrained and have become natural because of continued repetitions. So there, there's a, something, you know, it becomes natural, second nature to you. You know, for I came from the generation where, when, you know, those older cars that we had, you, you didn't have anything that reminds you to put your seatbelt on. I would get in the car and I would just drive. I didn't think anything about wearing a seatbelt. Oh, I knew it was supposed to be good for you, but I never, never wore it, right? And now the cars help me remind me. I get in the car and I don't need to have a habit. The car goes ding, ding, ding. I mean, it drives me insane. And, you know, every now and then I'll get in and somebody will be in the car and they, they, uh, they ignore the bell. I'm like, are you deaf? Like, like what, is, what is wrong here, right? And so, yeah, they're, oh, they're just in the conversation. I'm like, well, I don't need to talk that much. Put your seatbelt on, right? That's because we don't have the habit. Most of you in here grew up with that ding, 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 and you have that habit. And you just put that seatbelt on, and it's a habit. So it's, it's something that happens, and it's just formed by continued repetition. You get in the car, and it's automatic. You know how to do that. We, God's called us to grow intellectually physically, spiritually, mentally. In all of, our, all of life, there's habits that we form. And uh, somebody once said this, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. So if you look and say, man, I'd like to have that success, well, there's probably some little small thing that they do every day, just something small. And so in, in, the, in the spiritual life, your spiritual life is extremely important. How do we develop spiritual habits? How can we grow daily? So God wants to grow us, and part of that growth is going to be some change. And as he grows us, there's change, there's pain, and we're going to be resistant to all this. But I want, I want to just give you this verse here from 1 Timothy chapter 4 this morning. 1 Timothy 4, verses 6 through 8, he says, Reject profane and old wise fables. <clears throat> what had happened in the verses before, Paul is instructing young Timothy. He's a young pastor, and he's talking about false doctrines. People were coming in and teaching all kind of false things. And he comes in and he, he kind of sorts through a bunch of these. And, uh, and he, the verse before this, he says, you'll be a good pastor if you, if you help people understand the difference between the truth and false. And then he says, reject profane and old wives' fables. <laughs> That's so well put, isn't it? Like reject things that just aren't true. 
And then he says, exercise yourself toward godliness. Exercise yourself. Like, I don't exercise you. I have to do the exercise. Exercise yourself toward godliness. And then he goes to this next verse. He says, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. And having the promise of that life that now is and of that which is to come. Now, there's a couple things here in this passage here. He says in the first verse there, he says, exercise yourself towards godliness. And I want to encourage you, that word exercise is the same word that we get gymnasium from. It it means to to exercise, to to go to the gym and work out, right? So how how do you do that? How do you work out towards godliness? Godliness is God-likeness. To be like God, right? I want, I, want to have the, I want to have his compassion. I want to, have, I want to be close to God. So how, if this is so important, how do I exercise myself toward godliness? Then the first verse, I would often quote this one out of context here. Go to the next verse there, verse 8. It says, for bodily exercise profits a little. The old King James said it like this. Bodily exercise profiteth little. So every time Roger Metcalf would encourage me to go, and exercise, I said, but Roger, bodily exercise profiteth little. And Roger would just look at me like he did now. <laughs> but let me tell you, profit, bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable for all things. What the verse is saying here, it is not saying that bodily exercise is not important. It is saying you understand how important it is for the body to exercise. You understand bodily exercise profits your body incredibly compared to godliness it's nothing and he's saying listen don't he's not telling you not to exercise he's telling you exercise as you exercise your body as you go out you walk you exercise you run you lift weights you do whatever he says so exercise your spiritual life for godliness which is profitable for everything You know, your spiritual life is connected to your physical life. Your physical life is connected to your spiritual life. You're one person. Uh, Back in the day, I remember I had a car. It was a 77 Chevy Nova. I've told you about it before. But it had all these gauges. It had, you had a fuel gauge. I had one for the oil. I think there was one there for the the temperature on the, uh, on the, um, the radiator. Now, you have like the gas gauge and then what they call idiot lights, right? And if you're like me, you ignore the light. That's why they call it an idiot light, right? And so you just ignore it, and you blow up your car, right? And so, listen, when those gauges are off, you've got to fix it. So maybe in your life, something's off physically. Man, I've had to work hard at that this year. I set out some goals, and, man, I, set, I woke up in 2022, and I said, man, my, my tank is, is really not good physically. So I went on this long journey and I'm going to keep on that journey. I, I don't, you know, I'm just going to keep working. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm excited about what God's done in my life this year. But I had to stop and I had to look. I had to say, okay, what's happening here? I'm too tired and I have this going, I have that going on. And, man, maybe you should, maybe you should look at what you're eating. And all, and all these things happen. So, so I started looking at that. I'm like, okay, my tank is starting to fill up. You know, one of these days I'll be down there at the judgment-free zone down there, the yellow place, Right? I mean, I have the membership. I just don't know why it doesn't work, you know. 
It's, uh, you have to go in. You have to use the thing, right? And, and so spiritually, look at your tank spiritually. What's happening spiritually in your life? For some of you, God started to work. Like for Bob, he came in. He said, man, I'm empty. I'm looking for something. And God began to fill his tank. And as God began to fill his tank, all of a sudden, man, whew, and that impacts everything else. Godliness profits all areas of your life. And so the, the, the habit I want to give you this morning is this. We're going to walk through the next few weeks this acrostic for habits, H-A-B-I-T-S. So the very first one in your notes there today is hang out in the presence of Christ. Hang out in the presence of Christ. I want to encourage you to hang out in his presence. So why would you, what does this even mean to hang out in the presence of Christ? Well, in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 Beginning in verse 38, we see two ladies, and we see this contrast. Jesus had come to visit these two ladies. It says, now it happened uh, as they went that, uh, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. As she ha- and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. So they, it says that she also sat at his feet and heard his words. Look at the next verse here. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Oh, this is a good sister fight, isn't it? You sisters out there know what I'm talking about, don't you? Wow, Jesus, don't you understand? I've been cooking all day long, and she's just sitting there talking to you. Some of you understand that. Martha was a doer. And I think Mary probably was too, but Mary was sitting at his feet and just learning from Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to Martha, 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 you're so worried, you're troubled about many things, but Mary... But, but one thing is, is needed. Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. And so, listen, this can happen. Your life can be so filled with busyness that you forget to sit at the feet of Jesus. And that's what it means to hang out in the presence of God, to get alone with God every day. We've got to, we've got to, we have to do this. We have to slow our life down. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with what Martha was doing. He wasn't condemning Martha. He's saying, look at what Mary's done. Mary has caught this. Martha, don't miss this. Martha, I'm glad that you're serving, but Mary's got what is the most important thing here. And, and I think in all of our lives, we've got to be careful because we live in a world that is filled with busyness. Man, you sit in meetings and, and phones are going off all the time. People now have their phone on their watch. How many of you have your phone on your watch? iWatch, Android watch, whatever, yeah. It's a growing trend out there. I'll be in a meeting and people are going, yep, yep, okay, how you doing? They're they're talking to somebody else through their phone. That's like, whoa, what's going on around here? We're so connected that we're not connected. And we're so busy that we're just racing all the time. And so what has to happen is we've, we've got to step back and we have to have this time with God. And I'm going to give you just a couple thoughts here on how this happens. How, how do you do, why do you do this? Number one, you do it because he feels your heart. God, when you get alone with God, he feels your heart. Busyness feels nothing. Busyness empties everything. 
man, when I am busy, I've got to go back and I've got to calm myself down and I've got to get into the presence of God. You know, Christmas is one of the highest seasons for church, right? We have all these extra things. We're putting on extra services. There's moving parts everywhere around here. But you know what I have to do in the midst of all that? As exciting as it is, I have to have a little extra time alone with God. I've got to stop and reserve this quiet zone where I say, okay, nobody's allowed to get at me. This phone goes off. Nobody can get a hold of me. It's me and God. And so I want to encourage you to do the same. Ephesians 3.19 says this, to know this love of God surpasses knowledge, that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God wants to fill your heart. And you know what? Being busy all the time, not spending the time with him, not giving him that little, little bit of time, it, we, we suffer. We suffer so much. Um, the Apostle Paul, he, this is what he prayed for the church at, uh, at Ephesus. Um, he gives you direction. When you spend time with the Lord, spend time in prayer and the Word. Prayer and the Word. When you do that, He gives you direction. Psalm 119, 104 says this, Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. Oh, His commandments have illuminated me. And He goes on to say that Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Man, you go out and you're walking down a path at night. And you need light. You, you can turn that flashlight on. And as you turn that flashlight on, when you turn the flashlight on, now you can see, hey, I was going the wrong way. I've got to, I've got to go this way. This is, I don't want to trip up anymore. I want to go the way that God has called me to do. And so when you turn on the light of God's word, that's what happens. I want to encourage you to pray a prayer like this. Psalm 119, 18 says, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And this is, this is how we do this. We come, we sit in his word, and he speaks to us. God wants to speak to you. He's going to speak to you through his word. And when you sit down and you just reserve that, and you, man, it's so quiet. And I realize for some of you, you've got little, little children in your house. They're, you don't know what the word quiet is right now. It's like you've got to say, honey, watch the kids while I have some quiet time. And then when I'm done, you, I'll watch the kids so you have quiet time. You just, you're, listen, we've got to reserve this. We've got to get away. We've got to get alone with God and somehow carve it into our life. Um, he's there in times of problems. When you, when you meet with the Lord, you begin to understand how much he is there. He's the God of all comfort. I love this, what Second Corinthians says here. He's the God who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. You know, I've experienced a lot of pain in my life, and so have you. And when you get into this presence of God, you start to hang out with God, He comforts you. Like there's something comforting of just being in His presence and letting Him do that. And then when you see somebody else in trouble, you see somebody else going through pain, you come along and you put your arm around them and you encourage them and you, and, you, and you love on them. And you know what that is? I call that God with skin on. Because God sends you there. Just like the verse says, you come and you come alongside of somebody in their trouble and you say, it's going to be okay. We will get through this together. And that is how God does it. But it starts from your time with him. And he comforts you and you comfort others. 
Well, how do we do this? How do, how do we develop this habit here? And we'll, we'll continue to, to work on this in the weeks to come. But first of all, you've got to stop. You have to just stop your schedule. You've got to say, okay, if this is important, I'm going to stop. And I'm going to make an appointment with God. Um, you know, people make appointments with me all the time. Hey, Pastor Ken, can you meet with me? Yeah, and then we're juggling the appointments. Uh, you've got to reserve some time in your schedule. A half hour, maybe you're going to wake up a half hour early tomorrow. Maybe it's 15 minutes you're going to start to spend with God. Um, you, uh, you, you be quiet. The scripture says be still and know that he is God. You go into this quiet zone and let God speak to your heart. Let him speak to your soul. And you make a connection with God through prayer and his word. You get alone and you let God speak to you through his word. Listen, this is the greatest thing as a pastor that I can do for you is to give you some tools to have God all week long. When we come in here, it's wonderful, it's exciting, it's joyful, and we're all encouraged together. But I'm going to give you tools to, to do this at home. And then when you come in next week, it's even more exciting because you've been meeting with God all week, and it just, it's just a snowball effect in your life. Connect with God through, through prayer and the Word. So there's a couple tools I'm going to give you here. Uh, one of them is the, uh, it's called the 5x5 five five plan. Out in the foyer, there's a resource table. It's right next to the offering box. There's a resource table, and there are Bible reading plans. The 5x5x5 five by five by five plan is take five minutes a day, five days a week, and you'll read through the New Testament in one year. Uh, many people in our church come looking for this every year. I want to encourage you to take this, and it basically has Monday through Friday, and you, you take it and you, you mark off the chapters that you read there, and it'll, and it'll take you through the New Testament in one year. Five minutes a day, five days a week, and then they, gave you, they give you five uh, encouraging uh, tips here for your, how to have your quiet time. I want to encourage you, you can pick up one of them. Just grab it in the foyer. There's no charge, nothing for that. Uh, there's a Bible in a year plan. Some of you like to read the Bible. I encourage you, read the Bible in a year. If you can do this, uh, you have to allot about 20 minutes a day. You could probably read the Bible through in an entire year, uh, half hour at the most. You go here, and uh, you go in the foyer. These are long. This is a big, flat, flat page, not folded. It's in the same table. You can grab this, and you just start to begin. And it has a, a passage for the weekend, and then it has one for each day of the week. And, and I saw somebody in our church did this last year. And, uh, and they posted it on social media, and there it was all marked up and checked off, and they were said, man, this is the first time I've ever been able to do this, and they were so happy. Can we thank God for that, huh? God is moving, yes. And then last but not least, I'm going to encourage you, this 21 days of prayer. Um, we've got these, these are prayer guides. These are not books, they're prayer guides. You open it up, and uh, there's some introductory statements in there. Then there's day one. And it, it, it's going to give you a verse to pray, and it's going to give you a little devotional, and you pray this. I'm going to ask everybody in the church, inside of your bulletin, there was an insert. You take that insert, put your name and your email on your way out. The table's to the left in the foyer. Um, you'll see a little treasure chest there. Just put your paper, fold it in half, put it in a treasure chest, and take one of these and join us in prayer. We're going to start that. It's a, an effort to pray as a church together. We'll start next Sunday and go for 21 days. As we do this for 21 days, we're going to see the Lord transform our lives as you pray and you seek the Lord together. 
21 courageous prayers. And I'm telling you, this here will uh, just be an incredible time for us. But what we're doing is we're developing spiritual habits. So you've been coming. You've been growing in Christ. Now this is the next step. This is what we do. We're going we're gonna to work this together. For some, we've gotten a little bit slack on the habits. And God's calling us, hey, let's, let's come back. Because here's the deal. When you meet with God every day, I know he'll transform your life. That's going to change your life. We're going to be talking about these habits that will transform our life for the next few weeks here. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, we, um, we're going to just close in prayer and just ask the Lord to, to meet with you. And I'm going to ask you this morning, would you look into your heart and ask the Lord, Dear God, would you speak to me? What areas do I need to see you change in my life? God, help me to start these habits. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Ken, I, I need to start with Jesus. And that's, that's where we all start. Start with Jesus today. I want to invite you. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He was buried and he rose again. And he says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. So if that's you this morning, would you... Would you just call upon the name of the Lord and just pray something like this and just say, Dear God, I need you. I'm a sinner, and you died on the cross to pay for my sin. And I trust you with my heart and soul right now. God, thank you, and I invite you into my life. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. I give you my heart and soul. And for others this morning... I want to encourage you to, to make a commitment. Just, just, would you make the commitment to join us as we pray for 21 days? You can do this in five minutes a day. Uh, would you make that commitment? That's a commitment to start. Just take that bulletin, and if you'll do that, and you'll leave your name and email, I will promise to pray for you every day during that 21 days. That's going to be my commitment to you as your pastor. I will seek the Lord on your behalf and ask him to give you strength, ask him to help you clear your schedule, ask him to make the scriptures come alive to you. And, uh, and we'll do this and we'll, we'll see God do his work. Uh, for others, maybe it's a, a Bible reading plan. It, maybe for you it's just to go home and carve that on your schedule. Lord, I pray you'll be with each one of us today. Thank you so much for the power of your word. Thank you for the incredible true life story of Bob Collin who walked in the doors and you transformed his life. And God, you've, you've made a place in his heart. He meets with you regularly, Lord, and you're, you're changing him and you're continuing to grow him and he's on the journey. And God, there's so many of us, we're all on the journey together. We just ask that you'll guide us and encourage us and move mightily, Lord, to bring us to Jesus Christ. God, we are all about you, and we thank you for what you've done. And so, God, be upon us as we start this new year together, seeking the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, let's all stand together today. I want to encourage you to grab those resources on your way out. Greet those around you. God bless you, and have a great week.